0: G'day. Christmas Island is an Australian external territory in the Indian Ocean. It is much closer to Indonesia than it is to the Australian mainland. It's about 500 kilometres south of Jakarta and 1,500 kilometres northwest of Exmouth on the West Australian coast, and relatively small at only 135 square kilometres. The island is the peak of an underwater mountain some 4,500 metres high and the 300 metres of the above-water portion rises dramatically from the ocean. It's challenging to access by sea, with few beaches and only one anchorage, and it is ringed by cliffs. The remoteness and inaccessibility of the island repelled explorers. William Dampier made a landing in 1688, but the first successful exploration of the island wasn't until the 1870s. Scientists by the name of Dr John Murray arranged for rock samples to be taken from the island and in 1887, men of the HMS Egeria took these samples, leading to a fateful discovery. The rock contained phosphate. With the world population growing, demand and prices were high for agricultural phosphorus. Suddenly, this remote island became of great interest. By 1899, the Christmas Island Phosphate Company had been founded, and ships began to arrive with Chinese workers, or coolies, on board the intent of taming the island and extracting the phosphorus. These men faced a hard life, and by the early years of the 20th century, many were suffering and dying from an ancient disease with an unknown cause, Berry. berry. I'm Jake Leonard, and this is Medium Yield. This episode is recorded on the lands of the Ewan and Gerringer people. It's another history episode, and I'm by no means a historian, so I apologise in advance for any errors. Much of the history of beriberi on Christmas Island in this episode is taken from the excellent book Suffering Through Strength by John Hunt. Details on the history of the discovery of beriberi is taken from the book Beriberi, White Rice and Vitamin B by Kenneth J. Carpenter. Any medical information is not medical advice, and if you have a medical concern, seek medical attention. Now, back to Christmas Island. In 1899, the first 120 Coolie workers and their supervisors arrived at Christmas Island. Conditions were harsh. Beriberi broke out in 1900. Chinese workers would first lose their appetite and feel weak. This paralysis would creep up through their body, they would lose feeling, their limbs would begin to swell and their hearts fail. Death often came within a month. In the first quarter of 1901, 112 of the 700 or so people on the island died, many of these from beriberi and almost all of them Chinese workers. The cause of beriberi and its cure were not known. Let's talk about beriberi. It's been recorded for literally thousands of years. Classically there were two forms, wet and dry beriberi. Wet beriberi is associated with high cardiac output with predominantly right-sided heart failure and lactic acidosis. Dry beriberi is neurological, it's associated with peripheral neuropathy, weakness and confusion. Cerebral beriberi is a form of this dry beriberi and is the form that medical practitioners today are likely more familiar with. The exact cause of beriberi was always elusive. Theories abounded and they often circled the truth. In the 19th century, beriberi was a serious concern in Japan. Infectious diseases were excluded as a cause, as beriberi didn't appear to spread when sick people moved into a healthy area. It was thought that it might be caused by a poisonous miasma from wet soil. This is a reasonable supposition when you consider that the disease appeared primarily in the hot and wet summer months and in wetter coastal areas. One western physician, Albrecht Wernick, thought the diet might explain this phenomena and observed that people change their diet in the oppressive summer months. Wernick suggested that massive rice intake might come at the expense of other food containing fat and protein, and he thought that fat and protein might have something to do with the formation of blood. An American physician by the name of Duane Simmons observed that those eating polished rice seemed particularly susceptible to beriberi. Japan formed a navy in the second half of the 19th century, and Kanahiro Takaki was recruited as a surgeon in 1870. He noticed that Beriberi was a huge problem on Japanese naval vessels, and it didn't appear to correlate with how crowded ships were or what weather conditions they were subjected to. The ships themselves were of similar construction to European ships, whose sailors did not suffer from Beriberi. On one round the world journey, 161 of 278 crew on a ship developed Beriberi, and 25 died. Takaki convinced authorities to repeat this voyage a year later, only this time the diet was modified, it included more meat, milk, bread, vegetables, and less rice. This modified diet was a huge success. Only 14 sailors developed beriberi, and all of these sailors had refused to eat their full rations. None of them died. Around the same time, in the Dutch East Indies, a military expedition had run into trouble with a beriberi outbreak amongst soldiers and sailors. Doctors in Holland suspected bacteria as a cause of beriberi. Christian Eichmann, an army surgeon, joined doctors Peckelharing and Winkler in the Dutch colony who were convinced that bacterial poison was causing the beriberi, although their experimental evidence never really cleanly fit this assumption. At age 30, Eichmann became director of a newly formed laboratory for bacteriology and pathology in Batavia. He ran animal experiments, trying to isolate the bacterial source of beriberi. Some of his chickens developed a polyneuritis, but seemingly randomly they soon recovered. This piqued Arkman's curiosity, and he soon discovered that in the period where the chickens were falling sick, they were being fed leftover rice from the military officer's table. When a new cook took over, he discontinued this practice, saying that as the hens were civilians, they should be eating civilian and not military food. Eichmann ran a controlled experiment. After only five weeks, chickens fed cooked rice became afflicted with polyneuritis, but recovered when returned to a more normal diet for chickens. Eichmann went on to run an extensive series of tests over many years, and from these experiments eventually discovered that the key ingredient that prevented beriberi was the husk of rice. Around this same time, on Christmas Island, coolies continued to die in tragic portions from poor conditions, industrial accidents and beriberi. Workers lives were considered cheap. In 1901 the Christmas Island Phosphate Company appointed their first resident medical officer Dr Cormack. Cormack was unable to treat the men dying of beriberi and the death rate soared, leading Cormack to have a nervous breakdown after only two months. His successor Dr Murray Robertson encountered resistance from the company to spending any money on improving the health and living conditions for workers. Uh, Dr Giddy took up the post as medical officer in 1901. He was reluctant to believe coolies when they complained of symptoms consistent with Beriberi, assuming instead that the workers were malingering. Things began to change when a new medical officer, Dr McDougall, arrived in 1904 and this time encountered more cooperation from company officials. McDougall had authority to admit sick workers directly to hospital and by default he would believe coolies who complained of generalized weakness and heaviness in the legs. Symptoms of beriberi. Whilst on Christmas Island, McDougall became familiar with Eichmann's work from the Dutch East Indies, and he began to suspect that there was a poison in polished rice that caused beriberi. He ran animal experiments feeding some animals polished rice and others cured rice, where rice is first steamed in its husk before the husk is removed and the rice cooked. Animals fed polished rice developed beriberi, and animals fed the cured rice did not. McDougall concluded in his PhD thesis that, It is highly probable that the cause of death is the eating of infected rice. At first it proved tricky to get people to eat more cured rice. In China, polished rice was considered the rice of the rich. And on Christmas Island, polished rice was in abundant supply and workers could eat as much as they liked. This led many workers to eat little else, and their diet consisted mostly of polished rice supplemented with some fish and cured meat. In hospital, however, McDougall was able to control the diet of his patients, and he removed polished rice and fed his patients fresh fish, vegetables and fruit. McDougall also gradually changed out some of the rice supply for healthy workers with cured rice. The death rate from beriberi plummeted. It wasn't many years later before the cause of beriberi was finally discovered as thiamine, or vitamin B1 deficiency. In 1910, Japanese scientist Umatara Suzuki extracted a water-soluble complex of micronutrients from rice bran. In 1912, a Pole by the name of Casimir Funk set out to discover an anti-berry berry factor in rice polishings, which he expected would be an amino acid. He proposed the term "vitamine" with an E as a portmanteau of vital and amine. Thiamine was first successfully isolated in 1926 and was synthesized in 1936. Eichmann went on to win a Nobel Prize for his research. We now know that thiamine is a coenzyme of several key enzymes responsible for the maintenance of energy homeostasis. When thiamine is absent, toxic intermediates accumulate due to an increase in enzyme activity, and inhibited metabolism affects the survival and function of excitable cells, which includes neurons as well as muscle cells in smooth, cardiac and skeletal muscles. In Australia, the most common form of beriberi is Wernicke's encephalopathy. This is a disease mostly caused by chronically high alcohol consumption uh, as well as some other causes. Alcohol consumption causes thiamine deficiency through several mechanisms. The high calorie content in alcohol suppresses hunger, which leads to malnutrition. Alcohol metabolism uses up thiamine pyrophosphate. Alcohol gastroenteritis impairs absorption of thiamine. Alcoholic liver disease reduces thiamine storage in the liver, and alcohol also impairs the utilisation of thiamine. Wernicke's encephalopathy classically results in a triad of mental state changes, ocular dysfunction, and gait apraxia. In reality, very few patients present with all three, and Wernicke's encephalopathy is likely underdiagnosed. A consequence of Wernicke's encephalopathy is Korskov syndrome, which is permanent memory loss and confabulation. On Christmas Island, in total, more than 600 coolies died from beriberi between 1899 and 1912. Their deaths had much to do with human greed as well as vitamin deficiencies. Author John Hunt says, quote, The Christmas Island beriberi epidemic was in some ways one of the more shameful episodes in British colonial history, quote. In 1958, Christmas Island was transferred to Australia from the UK. The population of the island remains diverse, over 30% of the 1800 or so Christmas Islanders have Chinese or Malay ancestry. Phosphate mining continues on the island, although it is set to wrap up in the next decade or so, which is a cause of some anxiety for the Christmas Islands. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Media Meal. See ya!